There we oh, are. Wow. <laughs> Just I think, you know, he, he has the appearance of a, of a graduate student of Berkeley campus who is quiet but very sympathetic. Or a, a very bright student from Chicago who may be a senior. And he's one of the funniest men I've ever seen. It's Woody Allen. I was about to say Woody Guthrie. Woody Allen. Who's, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, it's fantasy. His fantasy world is marvelous. Some of it might be autobiographical or not. I know that many listeners have seen him on television, heard his records, and I think he's one of the most comical in the genuine sense guys I've ever seen. So, Woody, who are you? What do you mean, who am I? Who are you? As opposed to who, for instance? As opposed to yourself. You're a writer, I know. You've written. You've yes, written for true. comedy. And you're on stage. You're like a lot of college students I know, or graduate students, who are kind of shy and awkward, mm-hmm. and yet mm-hmm. yes. terribly outgoing. It's uh, both. It's paradox. I am uh, shy and awkward, uh, on stage and off stage, and, and uh, it's just, just fortunate that... Uh, I can be heard when I speak on stage, so so that the jokes get across. But ordinarily, I'm least I'm uncomfortable off stage, and I'm uncomfortable on stage. Yeah, but you don't seem. The funny thing is, the audience and watching you is not at all uncomfortable. Suddenly, they recognize uh, many of their own uh, thoughts, uh, fantasies they never experienced, but you do because of your creativity, your imagination. It's almost like a cartoon, a wild, marvelous, whether it's Pfeiffer cartoon or Adams. You're a car. You're you're real. Yet at the same time, you're a cartoon figure. You're very endearing and very attractive. How can you Thank explain you. that? Uh, well, the truth is that everything that I do is... Um, cartoon is probably a good descriptive word for it because it's highly exaggerated. Uh, it's all based on absolutely true events. Yeah, everything that I talk about happened to me, but not nearly as exaggerated as I've made it. So you caricature the truth. In other words, y- you are telling... You're autobiographical. You, you, you're an oral I am autobiographical. Autobiographical, yes, and I and I um, and I do like to to um, do things bigger than life. I mean, I, I appreciate that when I go to the theater or the movies. I like that better than uh, I'm. I'm not a fan of realism. Now, so where do we where do we start in talking about Woody Allen? Uh, let's say here you're going through the tunnel. You've come from the north and you've shot a moose, but the moose is alive on the fender of your car. Mm-hmm. And you go to a masquerade party where the Berkowitzes are masquerading as a moose. Mm-hmm. And out of this fertile imagination, at the same time, out of certain crazy realities, ridiculous mm-hmm. parties to which you've been, you've attended. Uh, yes, more out of hun- a hunting situation yes. that I've been in. Oh, you've been to a... Oh, you actually... You, you, you have hunted. You have hunted? I, I've hunted. You know, I'm not a hunter, but I have hunted and... and uh, we don't see you as a John Wayne figure. No. <laughs> it's easy, though, if you have a gun and the animal is unarmed. <laughs> and um, I have hunted. Uh, it's not one of my big hobbies, and I doubt if I, they'd get me out there again to do it. But um, And based on some experiences that I had hunting, um, it occurred to me that it would be a, a predicament that would be uh, amusing to tell about because it, it didn't happen to me as, it, as I describe it exactly, but um, a variation of it happened, a very mild variation of it happened. Yeah, but your big hobby is imagination. See, your big hobby is imagining. Your big hobby is, if, if it's autobiographical, as you say, that is, that's the basis, and then you expand upon this, and it's larger than it really was, there is a someone who has been uncomfortable in life as everybody in your audience has been mm-hmm. but you make the guy who ordinarily would be the goat the hero because he wins because of his humor doesn't he 
Um, I don't know if he wins. I guess I guess he does win. I'm not really sure. It depends how you look at it. I don't know if there is a winner or a loser to it. I know this, that um, it it helps. It comes out easier um, when uh, uh, something has happened negative to me. That is, if I actually was beaten up uh, or if uh, I went out with a girl and nothing happened or I was divorced, um, I was thrown out of college. All these things have happened. And for some reason... Those are the things that come easiest in terms of uh, creating comedy. I mean, your trials and your tribulations then become the basis as a, as a small boy. You, mean, you are a, a comic Job, in other words, aren't you? I mean, these aren't great tragedies. You're a Job. You're a funny Job. Uh, job was pretty funny himself, you know. <laughs> I, uh, I never looked at it that way until this second. But, uh, and I don't think I will again. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking of Woody Allen now, now, real autobiography, and of course it's funny. This is crazy. The real and the fantasy. We, but you, the world we live in is a pretty narrow line. Yes, it? I can't, I can't <coughs> differentiate between what's real and what's fantastic uh, in my act, uh, or around me. It's very difficult. Maybe that's why you score so well. Maybe that's why I mean, the fact that the audience uh, uh, knows you're right because isn't the world we live in, isn't the line a narrow line between fantasy and reality? Our world, with its international affairs... The yes, I think that we, that we pass in and out of it um, a great deal during the day without, without being aware that we're passing in and out of it, but uh, we do get caught up in uh, a tremendous amount of subjective uh, fantasies about things, and a lot of times act on uh, fantasies that are totally unreal, and, you know, when the course of the day is over, you've, you've done a lot of things that were very realistic, and you've done a certain amount of things that were based on pure, fantastic thoughts that are subjective to you and not really objectively um, true. I'm thinking about you, a certain figure. You work on two levels. Here are you work on two levels in that you're a performer. You're out, you're a writer, too, but you're outgoing. You're on stage, and the audience obviously uh, admires you and and understand, and they laugh because there's something. At the same time, here you were. This is true, right? You were uh, a little skinny little kid, mm -hmm. right, with glasses and red hair. Yeah, that's me now. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but I'm talking now. But were you a shy little boy? Yes, yeah, uh, sure. Very shy. Mm -hmm. Now and all, and during this period, as a small boy, you're shy, and naturally you have many fantasies, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, you're, you, I think you spend, um, most people spend, say, from, um, say, 12 years old or from 13 years old to the rest of their lives, to the end of their lives, um, reworking or fixing up the first 12 or 13 years. Do you know what I mean? You're, yeah. you're still um, evening out loose ends from the first 13 in one form or another when you're 20, 30, 40, 50, and so on. How did you become? That's the question now. You jumped. Something happened here. Because all your life you might have spent uh, Sacco Vanzetti. Oh, my, I might have spent as a poor fish peddler, but I became, because of a certain event, says the guy, well, I'm a hero. Well, I'm still a yeah. poor fish peddler. And, you know, in, in the, the problems don't change. Uh, I was trying to explain this to someone once, because they always say, well, you're making money now, so, you know, how can you talk about being such a dejected, rejected type uh, but the truth of the matter is, 
what happens is you fail with a better class of woman. Do you know what I mean? That, that's all that really happens. You, uh, <laughs> instead of, uh, instead of <laughs> joking about trying to meet the rent, okay, so I can pay the rent now, but I joke about um, my, uh, now I can afford to buy a car, and suddenly that becomes an area of trauma. Or, as, or um, you know, or in Europe, when I was doing my film, they gave me a chauffeur with a car. And uh, that's something I wouldn't have had years ago. But that created a whole new area of problems because I couldn't relate to the chauffeur and couldn't, you know. So nothing actually changes w with your economic status. You just, your problems are different, but they're the, s they're the same problems. They're just expressed um, with richer people, that's all, and, and more possessions and things. Well, do you know, do you, do you feel this? I mean, even though, let, let us say, we're not talking about material success, but nonetheless, you are established. You're, you are, whether you like it or not, you're a celebrated figure. You're a quote-unquote celebrity. You are. Mm -hmm. And whether you like it or not, you are. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you judge, or as is a cliche question, success? You know, you say you failed in some aspect of it. Do you feel this? Do you feel uh, it? No, I don't, I don't feel that... Uh, I don't feel that I failed um, at all. Uh, you want me to pick it up now? Yeah. I, I, it's, I don't get a sense of, uh, of like, that I failed in an area or something. Or there's some particular area. I get a general, um, you know, each day is a series of trials and tribulations for me. That's all. Now, people think that uh, I make those things up. But it's not so. I mean, you see, the worst kind of comedian to me is the kind that wants to take from the business or not contribute to it, the kind that wants to be a comedian and just to get up in front of an audience and make money and get laughs and that kind of thing. Um, so they go out and they buy jokes from somebody and they do them. And one is as good as the other and none of them really do anything original at all. But the really good comedians, the Jonathan Winters, the Nichols and Mays, um, they're originally funny, and then they decide the only way to really express it is on the stage as a as a comedian. Uh, that is the their 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 it precedes it. Their, their comic ability precedes their expression of it on stage, as opposed to the comedian who wants to express it and then tries to buy a comic personality from two writers someplace. So the truth of the matter is I'm not kidding exactly when I'm on stage. I, I do feel, I do have a series of trials and tribulations every day, and it's always a big hassle for me, and I've never had an easy time coping with people or events or mechanical objects or, you know, and uh, it's, and so I joke about it. So happens, what it boils down to is I can make up jokes <laughs> about it. You know, I can describe them funny, but you know, that's it. Well, quite obviously, uh, Woody Allen is not a creature. You're not a creature of gag writers because, as they, it's you as against life. Whether it's Elaine May, who and Mike both from Chicago, and I know, you know, mm -hmm. Mike in his own fertile imagination now as a director, but is fertile. And Elaine May had her own trials and tribulations, battling life, and I imagine winters, obviously. But it's their own battle with existence. It's a comic battle. It's, it's quite serious to you. Yes, but I'm sure it's sure. serious to you. It's comic to us who watch you because our own battle is serious to us. When someone else does, it becomes comic, doesn't it? Yes, when I, when I was uh, held up and uh, mugged, you know, it was very... 
uh, like it was a terrifying thing and an unpleasant thing. And, and when it actually happened, you know, it was no fun. But I lived through it. And, uh, I mean, I wasn't close to not to living through it, but, you know, it wasn't that terrible. And a few weeks later, you know, when I would describe it to people, um, my natural inclinations, the you know, whatever it is that I am, described it in a comic way as opposed to hysterically sobbing my eyes out. But of all the humor, there's always one fall guy, and that's you. The fall guy. I mean, uh, the patsy is you, but as the patsy tells a story about himself, that happens to be my, an expression of my personality. You don't find that in, uh, in every comedian. You find, there's, I find there are two general types, broadly speaking. One type is my type, uh, wherein I'm acted upon consistently. That is, uh, Robert Benchley was like that. Um, Chaplin, to a degree, was like that. Um, and then there's the other kind of comedian, who is the aggressive comedian, like Jonathan Winters or W.C. Fields or Groucho Marx, who come in and aggress <laughs> on a situation. And, um, you know, uh, of the two, I would rather my personality naturally was their type. I would rather that I could come into a situation and just murder everybody in sight with great <laughs> wit and, and be hysterical about it. But, I, you know, I can't, and it's silly to, to buck that. So, you know, I go in the direction that's most comfortable for me. So this is your fantasy, to be the aggressive figure. And so there you are at that party playing those vibes like crazy. Yeah, I'd like, to, I'd like to go around insulting everybody and just decimating people with wit all the time. But, you know, but that's, not, that's not my kind of thing. What generally happens is I come in and try one of those. Nobody laughs. Someone socks me. And, you know, I, that's my thing. I, you know, I can't help it. It just I can't seem to, um, to maintain a certain level of cool at all times. A certain level of cool. Yeah. Yeah, cool is the... You are not neat or cool in that sense. Right, I, uh, I am absolutely not. You're not I, the madras short type. No, I drop playing cards when I shuffle them, and <laughs> you know. As a result of which, this is the point. I think as a result of which, you're a hero. You're a hero to all the card shuffle droppers of the world, of whom I imagine there are a great many who have never had anybody speak for them. Well, there is the possibility that a great many people are equally as clumsy and uh, buffoonish as I am, um, but they don't write jokes, they go into government or something. <laughs> and they drop the cards pretty heavily. Yes, they do. on us? <laughs> Those are the breaks, nothing we can do. <laughs> now, Woody Allen, can you now, uh, reality, this, throughout, it's your fantasy, your thought, but this is also your reality, this is you, mm -hmm. this is you. Out east, I know you're from New York, yeah, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. You meant that's all. Oh, the all the look, everything you name, I talk about on the stage. You report. The fact is the fact. I mean that you are from Brooklyn. The fact is the fact. I was married. I am from Brooklyn. Yeah. Thrown out of school. All of that is true. All this is true, and that yeah. becomes the basis. Your failures, your trials become. Th this becomes the the, the core, yeah. uh, and from this you build. Yes, I, I, I don't consciously set out to do that. I just sit down to uh, recount some amusing anecdotes to uh, a group of strangers in a nightclub. And, uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. You know, I don't generally, this interview is rare for me in this sense, I don't generally um, analyze myself or comedy that much. You know, what I try and do is wake up in the morning, try and figure out a couple of bits and jokes, and... Um, that's it. I don't. I didn't mean for this to be an analysis. I really didn't. I, I, I know, but, but most I, discussions I mean, of comedy yeah, yeah. get into very, very difficult areas because yeah. it's a very hard area. I don't yeah. think that Mortsall at any time thought to himself, um, "Well, I think what I want to be a comedian. What will I do? I think I'll write political jokes." And I think they just burst forth from yeah. him, and he went up on stage, and that's what happened 
to come from. I'm, I'm paraphrasing uh, Bernard Shaw here, I think, but what it is is you do what you do and pray that they like it. Yes. And there's nothing more that you can do. But it's it's, it's all solid. Basically, his are outside himself. You see, uh, Mort Sal's humor is humor commentary on the news of the day, one way yes, or another. Mort, Mort, Whereas Mort, yours right. is from yourself. You see, it's a different situation. Mort is above situations, uh, pointing out that within them which is uh, funny or you know interesting or whatever he chooses to go for at the time. Um, I'm submerged in the situation much more than than he is. He doesn't go on in long narratives about preposterous things that no, occur to him. If I may say, and I don't mean to be pretentious, you are closer to Chaplin than, if I say, this is, than say Sal. Sal is a commentator. Sal is a, you know... In, well, yes, I understand. See, I, whereas I, yours I is... I am. It's unfortunate that I don't <coughs> like Chaplin that much no, as a don't. comedian. Don't you really? No, I find him on the boring side as a comedian. Why? Um, well, I will admit that he's done... A group of movies, a, a, the best of his work, you know, must automatically put him in the first first rank. Think of, too much sentimentality. I think that he's a bore. I think that he's uh, pretentious. I think it all came out in his book as a perfect example of it. But I think that he's simply a boring, a boring comedian for the most part. I think that some of his work is superb. I, I absolutely admit it, and he gets a, a great deal of pathos, and he's a fine actor and a first-rate director. But I don't put any premium on uh, making your audience cry or any of that. I think that the if I take the best body of the Marx Brothers' work, I think that it leaves the best body of Chaplin's work far, far behind in terms of comedy. Chaplin's are more um, arty in appearance. They seem to be more nourishing and, and generally more dimensional. But uh, the best of the Marx Brothers, in my opinion, just wipe out anything that you, Chaplin you did. You like the mad buffoonery. I like madness. Yeah, I like, absurd. I like comedy that's comedy. I don't you like, like comedy. Fields, yes, very, very much. Next to Groucho and Harpo, I would say he's the best. That's very funny because you've chosen as your favorites the opposite of you, haven't you? you see, no question no, no, about I mean, it, like yeah. You've chosen the aggressive, the, the bumptious W.C. Fields, smacking the baby, Right, absolutely. I wish I could do that, but Groucho. I can never get away with it. Or Groucho, or uh, another uh, great, great admirer of George's Kaufman's, who, you know, was kind of yeah. mordant, yeah. deadpan wit, who Acid. just... Yeah, and, and I can't get away with that. So I, it's, I, the, it's the acrid Woody Allen. This is very funny. So it's Woody Allen who was gentle, who would very much compare to the little tramp or the Harry Langdon, you see, or someone who is acted upon. All the guys I don't like. Yeah, <laughs> whereas you admire the rough, tough, brutish, very funny. Yes, I wish that I could just <laughs> run into any situation and just turn it into bedlam like Groucho can, but but I can't. I, I enter like Robert Benchley would more, and, and generally something falls on me. You know, I mean, that's more my kind of thing. Woody Allen, the writer, was both. Now, y you you work on several, in several fields. I mean, obviously you're not a creature of gag writers as any number of successful showbiz, quote-unquote, mm -hmm. businessmen comics are. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the gag, and they offer it, and the right. grand, the mile of it. This is not yours. Yours is part of you, which is your own, written or improvised. Well, improvisation, does that figure in your works? I you put very little premium on it. I, um, I'm, I don't put any premium on improvisation. I think that uh, when you're facing an audience, you owe them a uh, show, and it's got to be, the laughs have got to be there, and the fact that one or two or three people are up there improvising is only great if what they if all of what they improvise is hilarious if it's not 
then there's nothing great about it. And the fact that someone makes it up on the spur of the moment doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, I see no difference between making it up in your home earlier and carefully cutting away those things which are going to bore people, um, you know, and then making it up on stage. And some nights you're boring, some nights you're great. You know, there's no reason for that. So the self-indulgent fat hair, in a way. I don't see. Yeah, I don't see any anything in that. I so mean, yours is is. You have something in mind. There's an audience there, and you, you, you've cut away the fat in advance. Yes, I've, I've figured out my stories. I've figured out how I'm going to tell them. And, um, you know, I try and pack them with as many laughs as I can. And that's it. Woody Allen, the writer. You know, well, again, I can't separate the two. It's, you, it's both. This is your, mm -hmm. but also yes, you're right. You can't separate. But, but you're writing. I mean, you, you write on the film you mentioned. Yes. What What's about? new, Pussycat? That's right. This is your work. Yeah, but it, well, that's not. I was I was a paid hack on that. I mean, they paid me a lot of money, and they said we'll let you get into the film business if you write one film and write it the way we want it. So you know, even though it came out to be a funny film, I think uh, it's not the kind of film that I would do had I total command myself. But fortunately, the film has served its purpose because it's gotten me into the film industry and now I'm working on my second film which I have that much more control over. What would you do? I don't mean to probe too much now but what is it what film would you do? What would you Well, do? I all I want to do uh is a comedy that uh is you know is a heavyweight comedy. I mean, I want to do I want to do comedies that are more adult certainly than Jerry Lewis. Uh, I want to do comedies in the style, uh, you know, or of the quality of the Marx Brothers and Chaplin, that kind of comedy, only my contribution. And, um, you know, I don't think anyone is doing it in the United States. I think they've tried it in England. They've had a little more success did with it. Did you see Hard Day's Night? I liked it. But it was the best thing they did. Uh, I didn't think it was their triumph. I thought that was a triumph of direction, photography, and editing. I think that the three men who directed, photographed, and edited that film uh, could have made, you know, five people off the street look brilliant because they did such a superb job. But the Beatles certainly didn't do anything to ruin it. I mean, I, I'm not a great Beatles fan, you know, and I'm, I'm not a... I was thinking about them, but uh, uh, now that you that's, mentioned... That's, that's in, the uh, direction, in the direction, in the direction of a so comedy like that's, you know, they, it was funny and unselfconscious and, and it wasn't, you know, it, it didn't... It wasn't geared towards a moron level, and like free, the Doris Day picture. Free, freewheeling. Is that, is that what, what you, something like the British said, what, what other film in the past would appeal to you that you would use? The Green on? Man with Alistair Sim, The Bells of St. Trinians. Those, those were yeah. funny films. Now, there's been no, now that you mentioned it, uh, I think the British, maybe a couple of Italian, I don't know. Big, there's no big one in America. Yeah, I saw yeah. Big Deal on Madonna and I thought it was an excellent, yeah. excellent comedy. There's no one in America that's doing that now, so Peter Sell is kind of, not that he's not good, he's superb, but he wins by default. But there's nobody in the United States now. The only one that has the ability to do it, I think, currently is Jerry Lewis, and he doesn't do it. He does films geared at a 10-year-old mentality. But if he wanted to, I think, or if someone could control him, he's capable of doing top, cinema comedy, but, you know, he debauches himself on well, this film. Yeah, I, I don't know him, but just offhand, seeing him a couple of times on panels, I, should, I would guess this is the world he understands best, even though his talent is beyond his, I he's, shouldn't say yeah, this, his talent, talent is, is beyond way his beyond it. And, and, uh, I'm going to have to... All right. Uh, you know, if he finds, if we continue this sometime, not now, I know you have to go because... You're more than welcome to come back any evening you like and I'll be glad to sit and chat with you. This is Woody Allen, 
who's going back now for a second show, the audience waits for their hero. Indeed, I think he is for a great many who were looking for a sort of Woody Allen at Mr. Kelly's. Uh, he, till, until, uh, I'll be here till the 20th of this month, but I am immortalized on wax in volume two of my new record album on Cold Picks. Which Cold Picks label. Cold Picks label, yes, with a pop art picture of me on the cover. And uh, it's got the best of my stuff done as good as I can do it. Cold Picks, Woody Allen, Mr. Kelly's, until the latter part of this month. Chapter one, Woody Allen. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for coming.